Next Talk, sponsored by nexttalk.org, contains content of a mature nature. Parental guidance is advised. Welcome to Next Talk Radio with Mandy and Kim every Saturday at 10 a.m. on AM 630, The Word. Next Talk Radio is brought to you by Next Talk, a nonprofit organization keeping kids safe online through cyber parenting and open communication. Find resources, videos, and subscribe to our weekly podcast at nexttalk.org. Are you ready for the next talk? Last week on our show, we talked about sex, and we emphasized how important it is to lay the foundation early about God's design for sex. We were saying elementary school. Yes. And I know this depends on different families. You know, I was saying fourth grade, but I missed it. Yeah. You're saying, you know, I'm thinking more like second and third grade, really. We need to be having this conversation. Um, And the reason we want to do that is because we want their first picture of sex to be God's design. Yes. This is what keeps you safe. A man and a woman inside a committed marriage where both of them have waited and saved themselves for this moment. And we want to set that standard that I am your safe place. We can talk about this in a casual way at any time. You can ask me questions. Please come to me with your observations. I'm the one who's going to give you truth filtered through God's word. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it, we say it's so important to have this conversation early because I will tell you as a mom of a middle school child, she's in eighth grade now. Um, in middle school, they encounter all sorts of different sexuality and not just in, in the parents, but in their, their peers mm-hmm. saying that they're this way or I'm that way. Well, in media as well, even in cartoons now for kids for my age, seven and younger, they're seeing different versions of marriage and relationships and sexuality portrayed on the screen. And they have questions. Yeah. So we need to talk about that. And this is a difficult conversation because let us just preface it by saying, even if we disagree or don't live our lives like someone else, we love them. We're all created equal. God loves us equally. We're all able to have his saving grace and we're all equal in his eyes. Um, We always teach our kids mutual respect for everyone, never to bully anyone, even if we don't agree with them. Um, You know, set these standards up early in your home and you have to continually remind your kids also because we don't want to raise judgmental kids. Right. We want to raise loving kids who know God's word. One of my favorite quotes from your book is default to love. And that's something we say a lot in our household and something I have to tell myself repeatedly when I don't understand, when I don't agree, I still respect and I default to love. Let me tell you where that phrase came from. Um, When my daughter was in sixth grade, she was 11 years old. She came home to me and she said, Mom, I have a friend who says she's bisexual. What does that mean? My first response wanted to be stay away from that girl Mm. and I'm so ashamed that that was my first response sure I had learned enough on this journey that I could not respond with my first response that I needed to pause and pray like I had taught myself that much so I did not say that to her um I just kind of looked at her like and I said let me let me think about this and let me get back with you on what I think about this Um, because not only did I have to explain to her what bisexual meant, then I had to like 
set up how do you handle this sure. with your friends? How do you conversation. have conversations about it? So this is why it's so important to start the sex talk earlier because yes. the foundation had already been set and she knew that we believed in God's design between one man and one woman. So the actual bisexual conversation was a little bit easy because I could say, you know, this means they're attracted to the same person and the opposite. Mm-hmm. And and that was a an, exa- an example that we were able to do, but we went back to Scripture. We were able to go back to Scripture for that. Um, and we used those in the last show, the Genesis and the, and the 1 Corinthians verse. Um, but I paused and prayed, and I talked with my husband that night, and I told him what happened. And again, we had been on this journey long enough. When this, when these things started popping up before, we would get angry yes. and bitter. Yeah. We already knew that was not the right response. And so we had already been on this course of action that God was teaching us, already two years into it now at this point. Yeah. So we talked, and um, the next morning, driving her to school, we were in the car by ourselves. And I said, hey, you know your friend. You know, we had explained what bisexual meant to her. And I said, you know your friend who says she's bisexual. And I said, "Um, I want you to love her. I want you to be extra nice to her. Because I think other kids are going to tease her. And that's Mm -hmm. wrong. Mm -hmm. And I don't want you to do that. That was really hard for me. Yeah. Because... I'm a controlling person. Like, I want to control situations. I want to control <laughs> friendships. I want to control things. But trusting that I need to teach her to default to love, and that phrase started ringing clear in my head, I'm going to trust God's word. Yep. He tells us to teach our kids to love. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I tackle this in my book. I wrote a whole chapter on how do you talk about different types of sexuality with your kids. Um, and I said it at this, and I, I, there was so much prayer that went over this b- particular chapter. I remember, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you remember the crazy writer that came out yes. in Yes. Well, you know what, though? that It's important that you hear that that craziness was your passion for God's heart to come through your words and for it to be him, not you. And that's a beautiful example of crazy because you were so wanting to be in tune with his word to speak over people through your book. And that's a beautiful moment for you. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, as I was going, writing it and going through it, I realized, you know, we have four responses to the sexuality question. And, Co, I kind of write about these, but I want to tackle them with you all on the air. Um, one is, you know, we can be all in and accept everything. We, there's no boundaries. Mm-hmm. Like have sex with who you want to have sex with. Yep. I mean, that's, we, that's a response. Um, the response number two, we can be shaming and judgmental. Yeah. Everyone that's different than us is not good. Mm-hmm. We don't really want to say that. I mean, I don't want to raise judgmental kids. No. Um, number three, we can adopt a balanced pr- approach of love and truth which is what we're going to spend a lot of time on today, because I think that's the appropriate response. Mm -hmm. Um, And then number four, we can stay silent and let our kids figure it out for themselves. Which unfortunately is what happens a lot, because we're afraid to tackle these topics. Silence. I was scared into silence. Yeah. 
And when I realized I was scared into silence, I realized I had to go all in and be so transparent with my kids and talk with them, even when I didn't understand an issue, like even when I didn't see black and white on Mm -hmm. an issue, which Mm -hmm. on sexuality, I do see black and white because I feel like the scripture provides us with that. But on other issues, you know, that's not so black and white. Um, Just telling them, hey, I see both sides of this. I Mm -hmm. see this Mm -hmm. side of it. I see that side of it. And just talking through with them, I'm not, I kind of am over here. Just that helps. We just cannot avoid the tough topics because they're hard. We may be silent, but the world never will be. Mm. So it is a choice. Silence is a choice. But you've got to know that the other side of that coin is the world will step into your place and fill that role for you. And I don't think any of us really want that if we're completely honest with how we want to be as parents. Yeah. I don't want the world raising my kids. Right. So silence is not an option. So then I figured out, okay, here's the four responses. I want to focus for our family. I want to focus on number three, adopt this balanced approach of love and truth. So how do I teach that? So I broke that down in, in two steps, really. And it's really how we covered it with our kids. And um, I found it very beneficial. And step one is teach love. Yeah. You know, we go back to the golden rule. Jesus, Jesus is the one who said, treat others the way you want to be treated. And we're all saying that anyway. When your kids are little, they hear that, you know, from school, they hear that at home. So it's a great starting point because it's something they already know and you can expand on it as they get older. Well, and sometimes your kids will be like, Jesus said that? Yes, because like, it's so common. It's such a common clause. Yes, and if yes. you say, yes, this is who we serve. He was about loving and respecting yeah. all people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and in my book, I talk about the woman caught in the act of adultery. It's yeah. in John 8, that story is there and you can find it there um what i love about this story is she was caught in sexual sin yeah there was no gray area she was guilty of committing sexual sin and we all know the story she was brought before people and um you know the the religious leaders were kind of testing jesus and saying we should stone her because Mm -hmm. that's what the law said Mm -hmm. and um jesus did something pretty cool Uh, You know, he bent down and he was very quiet, which, Mm. again, you know, don't just utter out responses. Take a moment. Jesus took a moment. Yeah. Wrote in the sand. Um, And then he said this in John 8, 7. Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Here's what I tell my kids. And we talk about this story a lot. And we look at this story when we're talking about teaching love. Um, I will say who pointed out her sin because right after this jesus says turn and sin no more like he tells her don't sin anymore right Mm -hmm. but who pointed out her sin was it the people the bystanders or jesus yeah and i say to my kids all the time it's not your place to point out other people's sin if you have a close friendship and they come to you and they say am i sinning is this wrong then you have an open door to talk with them about what scripture says but You know, I don't want my kids walking through the hallway when they Mm -hmm. hear the F word or they hear that and just pointing at people, condemning them and judging them. Right. Like, I don't want that for my children. I want my kids to be like, I've got my own faults that I need to work on. And we need to do that, not pointing out other people's sin. It's a beautiful picture. And it sometimes can be taken the wrong way. Like, this is our job. This is our job to point out sin. 
Uh, Jesus sets that example for us. But truly, if we examine the story and the picture that he paints, he sent everybody away. It was a moment with her where he lovingly said, this is not my intention for you. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not okay. And that truly is a great touch point for us to visit over and over again, like you said, with your kids at any age. Young age, this is a great story to yeah. start talking about. And as they get older, because it's going to be reoccurring, the things that they'll be seeing, they're going to have to know how to process that and how to treat people. And this is one of my favorite stories about that. If you're just now tuning in, this is Next Talk Radio with Mandy and Kim every Saturday at 10 a.m. on AM 630, The Word. Next Talk Radio is brought to you by Next Talk, a nonprofit organization keeping kids safe online through cyber parenting and open communication. Find resources, videos, and subscribe to our weekly podcast at nexttalk.org. Are you ready for the next talk? Okay, we're kind of going through two steps on how we can respond in the situations where we're dealing with these difficult subjects. We're going to, number one, teach love, you know, the golden rule, talking about the woman caught in the act of adultery. And then, number two, we're going to teach truth. It's our job to set a standard and a foundation of truth that is deeply embedded in our kids' hearts. Mm -hmm. So that is their launch pad for the way they respond to things and the way they receive things so that they can act in love. They need to know the truth behind it. Yeah. You know, we had a lot of conversations with my daughter about loving everyone, not resenting everyone, and never bullying anyone. And I'll never forget the day that she came to me and she said, I know, I know I've got it. I know I'm not supposed to bully or disrespect anyone, but mom is being gay wrong. Mm, Tough. I mean, yeah, because we have sweet gay friends, you know, like this is really difficult to speak into. Yeah. This is was my reply to her. Honey, it doesn't matter what I think. I get no opinion on this matter. We got to look at what God's word says. That is what's truth. That is what's right and wrong. Yeah. And so let's go there. And so we looked up Leviticus 18.22 and 20.13, you know, where it literally says, um, not practice homosexuality, having sex with another man as with a woman. it, 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 It is a detestable sin. We looked at those scriptures in the Old Testament. Then she said to me, but that's Old Testament. Does yeah. that really count? Oh, she's challenging. Yeah. Which is she, good. She's been in church for a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we talked about moral laws versus ceremonial laws. And yes. I told her, I said, you know, in the Old Testament, I know they did a lot of weird stuff, mm-hmm. you know, like sacrificing animals and that sort of thing. Um, those were more ceremonial. You mm-hmm. know, they were cultural. Mm-hmm. Um, they were needed for that time period. But then there are moral laws, mm-hmm. you know, like the the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. Um Thou shall, know, thou shall not murder. Thou mm-hmm. shall have no other gods before me. All of those things are moral laws right. that we then bring, that it comes into the New Testament. But I said, there's more in the New Testament that we can read, too. So we had this conversation about Old and New Testament, mm-hmm. but we also read New Testament scriptures. 
There, the good thing I think when you have kids who have been raised in church, a lot of times maybe they've heard these scriptures, maybe they've heard them out of context, maybe they've never heard them explained that way, the moral versus the ceremonial, the New and the Old Testament. So this is a great conversation on many different levels because you get to walk through the scripture with them again and have these great deep conversations. And that can become a regular thing, which a lot of families— um, um, they forget that the Bible is a great conversation starter. Yeah. You know, and so when you're dealing with these difficult topics, this can become a way to, when you're not sure what to say, to bridge that gap and start the conversation. Let's yeah. read scripture. And then the conversation will naturally flow out of that. Yeah. So, you know, what are these scriptures? Let me show you the New Testament scriptures for you. So I'm going to I'm going to give you some scripture references. I'm only going to read one because it will just take too long on the air sure. to give them all to you. Sure. Romans 1, 25 to 27. I'm going to read that in a moment. First Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. First Timothy 1, 8 through 11. And also we shared um, 1 Corinthians 7, 2, and 3 last time on the show. That is more about sex and one man, one woman design. But I'm going to throw that in there as long as you're looking these up. But let me read for you Romans 1, 25 to 27. People traded the truth about God for a lie. Even the women turned against the natural way to have sex and instead indulged in sex with each other. And the men, instead of having normal sexual relationships with women, burned with lust for each other. Men did shameful things with other men, and as a result of this sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved. So this is truth. This is truth. God says sex is designed for one man, one woman inside a marriage. All are created equal in God's eyes. We are to love everyone, even if they do something or live a way that we do not agree with. It is so important. I cannot stress this enough. It is so important for your kids to see you model love Mm. to people who are unlike you or who do not live like you do. I, I can't stress it enough, not just with sexuality, but with everything. Yes. If you have a different political view, if you have a different whatever kind of view, your kids need to see you being able to love people through that. Doesn't mean you have to change your beliefs, your personal held core beliefs, but you love each other. You have a mutual respect for each other. Kids need this so much. It is probably one of the greatest gifts we can give our kids is modeling love. Because they're not going to see it again from the world. They're going to see the opposite. And if we are trying to define what it means to have a relationship with Jesus, we have to act it out. And that means loving the unlovable. It means loving those who are different than us. And it is not easy, but it will impact your child almost more than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I cover a lot of questions in my book. There's like a Q&A at the end of this yeah. um, chapter. Very helpful. Just because I got a lot of questions. I do want to get one question I got asked was, um, well, are they born gay? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my kids asked me that. Here was my response. You know, I'm not God. I, I didn't create anyone. Like, I don't know how people are created. What I know is my job never changes. 
I'm to love God, love others, and do not throw stones. Again, that conversation about the adulterous woman in there. Those are my jobs mm-hmm. right there. Um, when that didn't satisfy them, because, you know, they yeah. kind of pushed me a little bit mm-hmm. on that. But, Mom, that's not really an answer. <laughs> that will be my son. Are they but I need they? an answer. And this is what I said. And, and this is a difficult conversation because I'm still trying to figure out, you know, I don't, there are some things we're not going to know this side of heaven. Exactly. You know, why people struggle with certain things and why people have certain, ten- we're not going to understand all of it. And so I would say that's tricky. You know, that that's really tricky. Um, again, it, it comes down to each person. They're accountable to God for who they are. Um, and then I said, this one was my oldest child. I said, you know, here's an example for you. If a married woman chose to have an affair with a man who wasn't her husband, that would be a sexual sin. There's no gray area for that. It's a sexual sin. And no matter what feelings are involved or the reasons behind why she wanted to do that, that's not okay. You know, if it was an unhealthy marriage, then it should have been a divorce. And then she could reenter into a relationship. Um, But that's not the answer to go outside of what God says. Um, We we talk a lot about feelings in our house and about how they're not always truth. Jennifer Rothschild says um, feelings are powerful, Mm -hmm. but they don't always represent truth. Mm -hmm. So good. And so we talk a lot about feelings on this issue. And I'll say acting outside of any sexual attraction on the way God intended is sin. That doesn't mean you can't be forgiven for it. That doesn't mean you need to be disrespected. That doesn't mean that you're less than. God loves you no matter what. Coming from a lady who had sexual sin before she was married. Yeah. Let me just put that out there because I'm no better. Yeah. This is me. Yeah. I'm talking to myself here. We're all coming to the table with baggage. We're all coming to the table with sin. None is greater than the other. And I think, especially in the Christian world, that's a struggle, a struggle for those who are we want to bring into the kingdom. We are seen as putting a higher price on certain sins. And it's not okay. It's not okay. It is not sin okay. Sin is sin is sin. Yes, absolutely. And we are absolutely all guilty of it. And we are our kids' first teacher. And they will learn from our actions. And if they're not matching up with Jesus, guess what? They're going to have more questions about their faith than anything else. You know, I've, I've seen it over and over. I've seen, I've seen situations where parents just speak truth and not love. And yes. they don't model the love. Yes. And the kids rebel mm-hmm. because they see that it's not matching up to what Jesus really stood for. Yeah. And so parents, I just want to caution you here. They need to see you love. And it can't be fake love. You need to love people who are different than you. It's so important. I mean, we need to change this generation because right now everything goes because we can't stand for love and truth. Mm -hmm. But I'm telling you, I've seen this in my own home. I've taught my kids truth, God's word, and I see them loving people who are totally not lined up with God's truth. And it is the most amazing thing. As it should be. As it should be. That's God's design for us here on earth. 
And so doing the hard work, starting early or whenever, you know, we always say it's never too late. This is key. The truth and the love, the two steps that we're talking about here, default to love. It's beautiful. You've outlined it in your book so well, especially on this topic, which is so hard for Christians to talk about, especially Christians. We struggle with this one. And you have got to be the one to have this conversation with your kids. FYI, the things we struggle with the most, those are the conversations we need to be having. Absolutely. Because Satan is trying to take us out of this conversation and we cannot be taken out of it. It is so imperative for our kids that they get this balanced approach of love and truth. You know, there's so many questions that come under this, the the same-sex marriage question. I know that you got that in your household also. Yeah, you know, this is a thing where I see both sides of it. Because as a country, I feel like everybody should have the same right. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to say it. Legally, Mm -hmm. I think morally, morally, you know, I struggle with it because I know it doesn't line up with God's word. So when I found 1 Corinthians 6.12, it was like an aha moment for me. Just because something is technically legal doesn't mean it's spiritually appropriate. Amazing. That's the message version. And when God showed me that, we had a lot of conversations about it in our house. That's why when they ask these questions, it's so cool that we can say, well, let's go see what what God's God's word word says. says. Because that's the authority figure. Yes. And like we don't have to have it all figured out. That's what I learned through this whole process. I don't have to have the answers because Mm -hmm. God's word does. It's amazing. The balance of love and truth. It's so important when teaching our kids about all these difficult issues that surround the topic of sexuality. Um, You know, for our wrap up segment today, number one, it's important to talk to your kids about sexuality in late elementary or early middle school. Number two, teach love, model love. Your kids need to see you love people who may disagree with you. Default to love. And teach truth. Number three, kids need to know the boundaries and restrictions that God commands in his word. Thanks for joining us on Next Talk Radio with Mandy and Kim every Saturday at 10 a.m. on AM 630, The Word. Next Talk Radio is brought to you by Next Talk, a nonprofit organization keeping kids safe online through cyber parenting and open communication. Find resources, videos, and subscribe to our weekly podcast at nexttalk.org. Are you ready for the next talk? Mm-hmm.